the fondest memory of my youth was the uh, Christmas time, uh, the dis department store Santa Claus, uh, the big one in the area where I grew up, Richmond, Virginia, was called Miller and Rhodes. It's a store that no longer exists. Huge, beautiful display, the, and the real Santa Claus was there. Uh, truly my fondest memories, and I think a person who influenced my life more than anybody else, was the times that I spent with my dad. Um, my father loved baseball, and I think that because of that, I loved baseball too. Uh, I would follow the baseball standings in the newspaper. Mickey Mantle was my hero. He had the best batting average. Um, my dad would take me to the uh, farm team games. Uh, the Yankees had a farm team in Richmond, and um, he, would he was also a member of the Lions Club, and he would take me to breakfasts that the Lions Club uh, held uh, hosting the Yankee uh, baseball team when it traveled north after spring um, uh, spring training. So uh, I, I helped him outside. He had a huge, huge garden. We had about four acres uh, that he grew gardens and I, uh, vegetables and um, that my mom uh, canned and froze. I helped him in the garden. My sisters helped <laughs> my mother in the kitchen. But yeah, my times with my dad and even though he really wasn't educated beyond high school other than to uh, get accounting training, um, he was really a philosopher. And he would have all of us kids, there were five of us, uh, sit at the Sunday table, uh, Sunday dinner table. Uh, our dinner was in the middle of the day after church. And we would sit there and discuss things until sometimes three and four in the afternoon. Uh, and he, he encouraged us all to express our uh, opinions, and he expressed his. If I could send a message back to a younger version of myself, um, I think I would say pay attention. Um, uh, take, <laughs> take life a little bit <clears throat> more seriously than I did. Um, and um, uh, don't worry so much about what other people think about you. Be your own person. Have some goals and strive towards them. There have been a number of things that <clears throat> have happened in my life. I don't like the word proud, um, but I, I don't know of any other way. I just feel good and satisfied about. One is going back to college um, uh, after um, our experience in living in Iran. Um, we were so information deprived in Iran. Uh, a number of things occurred that I think we would have done, uh, conducted our lives differently had we known. And it was simply because we did not know. And the, I, it was really an epiphany of the people's right to know. Uh, I understood that, and I went back to college. I had quit college um, when I was um, much younger to get married, and um, when I went back, I got a journalism degree and started on my journalism career. Uh, and this is certainly one of my greatest achievements, uh, being married to my husband for now 56-plus years, uh, learning from him 
generosity, selflessness, um, and um, uh, giving people space to be themselves. Uh, one of the greatest lessons I think I've learned, uh, and I'm still learning, is to, to understand others. Uh, the universe is not all inside my head and what I think and my experiences. My early years was certainly grounded in religion. My parents were lifelong Methodists, as were their parents, both uh, my father's parents and my mother's parents. So my childhood was going to church, Sunday school, vacation Bible school, um, and you know I learned all or heard all of the the biblical uh, scriptures and teachings. Um, as I have grown, I have felt more um, separated from the institutionalized type of religion, and, but very much grounded in the moral teachings, what's right and wrong. Um, everybody uh, deserves to be treated well. Um, and I, I think the greatest lesson, though, I sure fall short all the time, is the golden rule. And we should all, we should all go live by the golden rule. I think if we did, an awful lot of conflict would be avoided in this world. When I um, left the world of journalism uh, in the traditional sense, I was at that time editor uh, of a, a mid-sized daily newspaper and began working for the Los Angeles Superior Court. My job was a director of public information. It was a position that the court had never had before, so I was a pioneer as such. Almost immediately was taken aback by uh, a number of things. Number one was the animosity that uh, judges and court staff have for the news media. Uh, they see the news media as being aggressive, overbearing, uh, sticking their nose into business is not, not theirs. Um, and then with the news media, and I came from that world, uh, how inaccurate uh, so many of their reports were. After I'd been with the court for some time and I spoke at a statewide um, symposium and was covered by a legal newspaper and I read the story and I couldn't believe, I just could not believe the errors that were in that story. And um, I counted a total of 25 and this was in maybe a half hour presentation. And I called the reporter and he said, well, that's what my note said. And I said, that's not what my tape recorder said because I had learned to tape myself when I spoke publicly. Uh, so yeah, that, that, it was dismaying in a way, and I looked back. Did I do that as a journalist? Did I make those kinds of mistakes too? Um, you know, I could only hope not, but, um, and I think the, the biggest lesson I learned in working with the court as a liaison with the news media was that the courts and the news media can work cooperatively and not compromise their ideals, which are really grounded in the Sixth Amendment. Uh, the judges uh, strive towards that by giving defendants a fair trial. Um, and 
and I should say for the most part. And uh, the news media's grounding in the First Amendment, their, uh, the, the guaranteed rights of the press and free speech. Uh, and they come into conflict and cause such terrible clashes, and I don't think that's really necessary. That was one of my, it turned out to be one of my goals during my, oh, I don't know, 11 or 12 years with the court uh, was to try to find a way that they could work cooperatively and not have these clashes. Generally, when the news media are, are um, pinned to the wall and they end up filing a, a, a suit against the court for access, believe it or not, the news media almost always win. And there are case citations proving that. Uh, the um, Riverside Press Enterprise, a newspaper I worked for, uh, has two groundbreaking and long-standing precedents um, in the, the news media's right or the press's right to cover preliminary hearings before the press enterprise uh, challenged the court on that in court. Um, the, they did not have, that was not a given that they would have a right to cover preliminary hearings in criminal cases. And the second case that was really groundbreaking and stands as precedent is the uh, press's right to cover jury selection. Prior to that, there was no, nothing in the law uh, that said, yes, news media, you do have a constitutional right to cover jury selection in both criminal and civil cases.